Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You may be seated. And as you're getting settled into your pew, I want you to repeat a word after me. Gaudate. I wasn't half bad, was it? Especially... Saturday evening, nice and loud. Gaudate, there's your Latin lesson for the weekend. This third weekend in Advent, we celebrate Gaudate Sunday. This Latin word basically means rejoice. There is a historic perspective of Advent that I think is largely lost on us today. Advent is one of the two penitential seasons of the church year. The first penitential season, I think we know fairly well, you would recall it, it would be probably the only one that you think of, and that is Lent. The practice of giving something up during this season is one that is still held by many today And Ash Wednesday really kind of gets us in the mode of recognizing that we are just dust. But apart from Christ, that's all we will ever be. And it puts us in that frame of recognizing when we come into the presence of the Almighty God, we are very unworthy. Advent is a harder time for us to get to that place, even though it's really intended to. You, you recognize both in Christmas and Easter, these are, are points and moments where God makes his truth abundantly clear to us. He has come to redeem us, and as we recognize his coming, we ought to recognize our place before him. But, but Christmas has really largely taken over Advent in our society today. In a way that Easter really hasn't taken over Lent. In essence, the celebrations of Christmas largely in our society push aside this season. And for that reason, I don't think we generally consider the two seasons all that similar, really. But for Christians... They ought to be. Both are unique, but both at the same time call us to consider rightly where we stand before God's law. In Lent, we are helpless. In Advent, we are helpless. Just as helpless as God's people felt in the years leading up to the Incarnation. So Gaudate Sunday, this rejoicing Sunday, begins this week where we light this rose-colored candle. That's our fancy way of saying pink in the church. This pink candle on our Advent wreath in the midst of all of the blue candles, in the midst of this dark penitential season. And our texts that we heard read to us today, even though they came from the prophet Isaiah that can often be gloomy and dark, Isaiah's words today should have been encouraging for you, brothers and sisters. God will lift up his people from their sinful stupor and clothe them with his righteousness. 
That is something to rejoice in. In our gospel lesson, John the Baptist points to the kingdom of God and he is calling God's people to repentance. He sees that the kingdom of God is at hand, even in the midst of those gathered around him. And John has been generating all the attention of the people. And instead of reveling in it for himself, instead of reveling in the submission that all of these folks, both great and small, lay down before him, John steps to the side and points to Jesus. Make straight the way of the Lord. And so our epistle begins, Gaudate always, rejoice always. Always, which sounds an awful lot like a command. A command that you must be happy in the midst of this season. We get that a lot, don't we? If we're not paying close attention, it sounds a lot like, you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. And I don't know about you, But I don't like being told what to do, especially when it comes to my mood. No one likes to be told to smile for the picture while big sister is teasing you out of earshot of mom and dad. Telling someone who is mourning to cheer up often has the opposite effect. So when Paul says, rejoice always, it can come off like another person trying to tell you that you are supposed to be happy. This is a season full of joy and you ought to act like it. Almost like, be happy or I'm going to get your father kind of thing. But if that's what you hear in this Gaudate weekend, then you're missing the joyous news that is being proclaimed to you. When Paul begins, rejoice always, it's this truth that he is proclaiming, that no matter your circumstance, no matter what you are facing currently right now, God has been gracious enough to give you a reason still to rejoice. No matter what you are going through, be it a wonderful high or the lowest of lows, God has clothed you with his righteousness. The things that you mourn over are the very things for which Jesus came into this world and took on flesh for. The sin and the struggle and the heartache and the suffering, they all amazingly and joyously find their peace in Christ and Christ alone. You are not required by Paul to rejoice. Instead, you are invited to see what God is actually doing in your life. That No matter your circumstance, you are loved by God. And and this love does not fade because it is sure 
in Jesus Christ. It is not sure in your mood or your feeling. It's, it's not sure in how well you're doing or how poorly you're doing. It's sure in the one who has made it sure in himself. This is the will of God that you know that you are loved and that love has shown itself to be true. Not only taking on flesh, but taking our sin. Not only taking our sin, but taking it to death. Not only taking it to death, but rising from the grave so that you and I who are in Christ might rise too. Jesus is our little rose candle in a wreath full of blue ones. This joy stands out from everything else we experience. This type of Gaudate is not a glamorous thing. We can rejoice in God while we are still a mess. Because this rejoicing is like John the Baptist. This rejoicing shifts focus from ourselves to Jesus. From people noticing us to people noticing the kingdom of heaven that has come near. It's a rejoicing that emerges from sackcloth and ashes to be clothed in the robes of the king. It is a joy that is more true than any mood or feeling. It is a joy built on the action of God toward us. His act of love. And redemption in Jesus. While we wait for Christmas, we also wait for Jesus' return. As we anticipate both of these things, we rejoice always because Jesus is always our joy. We rejoice because Jesus is always our hope. We rejoice always because Jesus takes our place to give us his. That is why we rejoice. Our lives are not perfect. And they won't be until he returns. We still rejoice in God's ability to make all things new. He will make all things new. And with penitent joy, we pray, come, Lord Jesus. Amen.